catching you up on the latest stories from around the Sunshine State that you should know heading into this Monday morning, April 11th. I'm Violet Comber-Wylan, and this is The Point from WUFT News. Around Gainesville, several golfers are working to improve youth golf programs in the community. And as WUFT's Ryan Haley tells me, programs pushing the youth golf presence have been lacking in the past. Here's Ryan. Yeah, so I actually wrote a similar story about Turkey Creek, uh, I guess about two months ago now, and speaking to John Stevens, who's quoted in the story, uh, who's one of the instructors for Get a Junior Golf Association, it gave me the idea to talk about that organization. So the founder of Gator Junior Golf, Sean Warner, uh, started volunteering with uh, the first tee of Greater Ocala. It's no longer a first tee program. It's a different program now. But he realized when he was commuting to Ocala back and forth that Gainesville didn't have a similar youth golf presence. So he initially tried to kind of bring a chapter of that first tee branch to Gainesville. And then that partnership kind of dissolved and the Gator Junior Golf Association was kind of born. Mainly the thing that stuck struck out to me before I started the story was just how, I mean, obviously it's predominantly a volunteer program. So everyone who's involved is involved just out of the sheer passion for what they're doing. The, the organization's really kind of exploded in the past three or four years. I quoted Stevens in the story saying that when they first started in 2016, 2017, they had 25 kids signed up and 18 of them took the whole semester. And even as recently as 2018, they only had like 80, 90 kids. And now they have over 200. Can you tell me a little bit about the statistics you used in the story and how these apply to the Gainesville area? In an article published by My Golf Spy in like this past January, January 2022, um, there was an official count of just under 11,000 public golf courses in the United States, um, which divided up by the U.S. population means that there should be just a public golf course for just about every 32,000 people. Alachua County has just over 279,000 people. Based on Alachua County's population to match that ratio within the United States, uh, Alachua County would need either eight or nine public golf courses, and it has at max three. You also talk about the organization's Gator Junior Golf Association leadership, particularly head professional Eric Thomas. Can you tell me a bit about him and his story? He's been giving lessons at Ironwood since before the Gator Junior Golf Association came to be. Um, Sean Warner, the uh, founder that I mentioned before, uh, approached him about the organization uh, once it got started and asked him if he would like to get involved. Um, but he used to be a minor league baseball player, but he'd always he played tournaments and his dad had been teaching him golf since he was like three. And he played tournaments in high school. He's actually from Gainesville. He went to Buholz. Once, he, once his baseball career kind of ended, he got back into the game of golf just because of how much he enjoyed it. I know he tried to play golf for a while after baseball ended. Um, once he kind of got started teaching lessons, um, he just specified how much he enjoyed working with kids and how important he thought it was. I think the way he phrased it was you have to play golf to kind of understand the power of it. And then I talked to a student of his, uh, Sloan Siebert, who now plays for Flagler's women's team. And she praised his kind of positivity in those lessons and said it was something she's kind of tried to pass along herself, herself as well. And how do the ideals and philosophies behind these youth golf courses help promote participation from more children? The fact that they can give lessons at both public and private courses just introduces an entirely new idea of kids to the game. 
I know Eric Thomas mentioned this too. Uh, speaking of him, he was like, even just like the aura of a country club can like turn some kids away from the game and kind of reinforce a bunch of biases about what the game is supposed to be um, or what the game might be when those kids get to come out to Ironwood and just like hit balls in like a hoodie and jeans with their parents. And they get to kind of have that like more casual interaction with the game and more accessible interactions with the game it might spark somebody's passion and it might not happen all the time. And it might not be all 200 kids that come to the junior golf association, but even if it's just like 20 or 30 of them and they're kids that would never have picked up a club, if they would have had to go to like Mark Bostic or Gainesville country club to do so. Um, And that's really been one of the more important parts of the Gator junior golf. That was WUFT's Ryan Haley on Gainesville Junior Golf Association's aim to establish a stronger youth golf presence in Gainesville. Now, let's catch you up on today's top stories from around the state. In other local news, former Alachua County School Board member Diane McGraw is filing to run for the seat she was removed from. McGraw was initially elected in August of 2020, making history by giving the board its first black woman majority. However, McGraw caused controversy late last year when she was found to live outside of the district she represented. She was eventually removed from her spot by an executive order from Governor Ron DeSantis. According to the Gainesville Sun, new district lines now place her home within District 2, the district she once represented, making her qualified to run. McGraw's only contender is Mildred Russell, the candidate initially appointed to fill McGraw's seat. Florida's largest Medicaid payment vendor must pay nearly $9 million after missing a deadline to challenge this fine. According to Fresh Take Florida, Sunshine State Health Plan Incorporated of Tampa failed to pay tens of thousands of dollars of health care claims for the state's sickest children over a period of three months. The organization's government regulator, the Agency for Healthcare Administration, had given the organization until 5 p.m. Thursday to dispute these fines. The company now must pay the fine, which is $75 per failure, before April 18th. The company declined to say whether they plan to pay the fine in a statement last week. According to the Associated Press, there have been more than 200 instances of public school districts in Florida banning books since last July. PEN America, an advocacy group for writing professionals, says Florida had 204 instances of book banning in seven school districts between July of 2021 and March of 2022. Only Texas and Pennsylvania had higher numbers. Subscribe to the Point Newsletter, which drops the latest Florida stories into your inbox every morning, Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. Visit wuft.org for more information. I'm Violet Comber Weiland, and you've been listening to The Point from WUFT News out of the University of Florida. Have a great Monday.